What is that when you jump around and carry on and do the who dat who dat stuff? Who dat? You know, that's really kind of a, a fan. You know, that's that's our 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 chant. Jeff Duncan here on the Athletics Podcast Network. Of course, theathletic.com slash Duncan Holders, where you can find all of our podcasts and Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. You could go over there, rate, review, subscribe, jump on the Duncan Holder Podcast. And we are now a day into the new league year, Jeff, and the Saints have basically been subtracting more than adding and we know that this was going to be the route they had to take given the salary cap issues that they've had and at least for their sake they re-signed Jameis Winston and so (laughs) in that sense uh, it's probably a a good thing in free agency but still uh, Jeff and it's a column I wrote earlier this week that sure they have top tier talent but the important next tier is really being gutted, and I'm curious to see how they kind of make up for all this. Yeah, Larry, don't you think it's a, a real top-heavy roster now, like because of what you just said? Like they've lost a lot of depth. They've lost a lot of those kind of secondary players that uh, were making decent salaries but were maybe aging or were in kind of uh, supportive roles. And those are the, the veterans that ended up getting cut with that long list that we talked about. Uh, you know, it just it, it had to happen because of the salary cap. And I tweeted out something uh, this week uh, that Pro Football Focus put together an improvement index for all 32 teams uh, in free agency. And if you're a Saints fan, you wouldn't like the chart they had. The Saints were second to last in the league. They they uh, improved. Actually, they've gotten worse more than every other team in the league except the Detroit Lions and our, and our hero, Dan Campbell. Uh, but So this was kind of to be expected, and now you've got uh, a roster that still has, and I point this out, 12 players that have made the Pro Bowl or All-Pro in their careers. Um, so you've got that core, and then you've got a lot of kind of unproven commodities, players that they're counting on, like an Adam Troutman, Zach Bond, some of those players to step up into more uh, important, more high-profile roles uh, in the vacuum that's been created by all these veterans that they've had to let go. Jeff, when you look at kind of across the board, you could say, especially defensively, they basically took hits in every part of the defense. They took hits on the defensive line with Trey Hendrickson now a Cincinnati Bengal, Malcolm Brown being traded to the Jaguars. Uh, We assume that Sheldon Rankins will probably be somewhere else. Uh, You look at linebacker, uh, they released Quan Alexander. Uh, You assume Alex Anzalone is going to end up somewhere else. Then in the secondary, you lose Janoris Jenkins, and that's one where, uh, like, I think to me, if you're going to ask me what's the biggest hit that they've taken on the entire team, because, of course, on the other side of the ball, we know Jared Cook and Josh Hill and, and Thomas Morstead and Emmanuel Sanders. But I would point to uh, Janoris Jenkins being the most critical loss but just because I don't see anyone that is starting caliber on the outside every down 
that is on the roster right now for the Saints. No, I, I agree. It's created the most glaring hole on the roster. Absolutely no doubt. You've got an open cornerback position opposite Marshawn Lattimore, and that's a position that we've been talking about for years, and Jenkins did the best job of anyone the Saints have had at that position. Uh, you know, he wasn't spectacular, but he was he was really good. For a number two corner, uh, you're not going to get much better than Janoris Jenkins, and uh, he was over 30, and there's a common theme to almost all these cuts, and it was guys over 30. I don't know if that's by design. They want to get younger and more athletic, but they're going to have a hard time finding somebody in the draft or free agency, and I think it'll probably be in the draft that's going to be as good as Janoris Jenkins, at least right off the bat. Uh, there's going to be growing pains, even if they get a, a first-round draft pick at that position. And it seems like they've been kicking the can on uh, – oh, kicking the tires, not kicking the can, but kicking the tires on some veterans out there, like someone like Richard Sherman, that, and that's someone that you and I have talked about on the pod, and I've written about that maybe if you can get him on a less expensive contract, he might be someone to go after just because of his relationship with their secondary coast coach, uh, Chris, Chris Richard. Yeah, Chris Richard. Yeah, and so that makes sense to me, but I'm sure he has suitors, and I don't know what Sherman's wanting to do. And uh, look, when you actually look at the numbers, uh, I mean, is Sherman uh, even an upgrade over Janoris Jenkins? And it, it, that one came down to more about money than anything else. And I don't know this for a fact at all, but uh, look, I could maybe assume that the Saints would have said, hey, Janoris, take a pay cut. He probably said, hey, I don't want to. And that probably made life maybe pretty easy for the Saints to say, all right, well, we're going to have to cut you. And he didn't last long on the open market. I mean, he signed with Tennessee already. So it's, you know, he's someone who had a market. People knew he's, he's a good player. And now the Saints uh, are going to be – I think they have to actually do both, Jeff. I think they have to sign some sort of veteran. Uh, because think about it also, P.J. Williams is a, is a free agent. Yep. Uh, Patrick Robinson, if they need more money, he would be someone you would circle and say he might be an, a, a cap casualty. Uh, but I think they have to sign some sort of veteran, and certainly in the draft, uh, they've got to look there either in rounds one or two uh, because they're, it's not like the draft is top-heavy in corner, uh, but there are probably about – after uh, Patrick Sertan, probably about three or four guys you could see, even in round one, the Saints might want to take a look at. But still, uh, you know, hey, we can't go back to the, the days of the Ken Crawley, P.J. Williams, Eli Apple, uh, you know, Bermuda Triangle of, of corners that didn't work. I mean, I think the Saints know that that is a huge uh, issue that they're looking at. And, and, you know, you mentioned how they've taken some hits on that side of the ball at all three levels. And and I think this was obviously the, the strategy that Mickey Loomis and Sean Payton uh, chose to employ. They're going to keep their studs on offense. This is an offensive league, and we're going to go young and, uh, you know, just athletic on defense. And you can see almost in every case, Larry, a loss in free agency or a cap casualty, there's somebody behind that person that we know that they're high on. I mean, Trey Hendrickson leaves. They still got Davenport. Carl Granderson, we know they like. Uh, you know, you lose Rankins and Brown. 
You've still got David Onyemata at one tackle spot, and we know they like Shai Tuttle and Malcolm Roach. At linebacker, they're going to lose Anzalone. They might lose Craig Robertson. Uh, you know, and Quan Alexander's gone. We know they like these young linebackers, uh, Caden Ellis, Zach Bond, Andrew Dowell, and Chase Hansen. The only one that they've lost where I don't see that on the roster is Janoris Jenkins. I mean, Patrick Robinson, I thought for sure was going to get cut, and he still might, but at least you have somebody there that could play. Um, so I think that's the most glaring need now as they go into the into the draft and, and into the rest of free agency. They've got to address that. Now. And I think just by seeing the whispers around the league of them kicking the tires on Richard Sherman uh, is a, a signpost uh, that they think the exact same way. And you have to remember the last time the Saints had to really go out and they had a need at corner and they went out in free agency and this is going to give people heart attacks when I mention this, and they couldn't spend a lot of money on a corner and free agency, and they bought one, and it was Brandon Browner. It was a disaster uh, because, remember, they had to trade for Eli Apple mid, you know, early on in the season because they just did not have uh, the players to get it done. Uh, I remember even that season, I think the Saints were rumored to be trying to go after Patrick Peterson, but the cost was too much, and so they had to settle on Eli Apple. So we've seen these – trying to patch it up and it doesn't end well. Well, Browner was uh, awful, but they survived with Apple, but I don't think they want to just try to survive. But also uh, seeing Jane Slater from the NFL network, she mentioned uh, Chidobe Awuzie, uh, that they were interested in that. And Awuzie has a connection with Richard. So that makes sense too. But I think they have to go both routes. I mean, they either have to, they got to resign PJ Williams sign someone and then somewhere in draft maybe day one or two they've got to get a corner like that just they just have to do that that is a must and a bit of a tease I'm, I'm putting together my first saints mock draft and you can bet a corner is going to show up somewhere on my mock well and think about it this way larry think about it uh, you're in a division where you got Antonio Brown, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Julio Jones. I mean, we know the receivers that the Saints are going to have to face. We talk about it every year. And they had done a really good job of stocking the secondary. And I think they're really in good shape at, at, at safety. Obviously, you know, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson's filled in very well now as the, as the nickel. I think he's one of their better defensive players. And along with the way Malcolm Jenkins kind of finished the season, I thought he played very well in the second half. And they, they brought back Marcus Williams. So they're set at that spot. The corner is glaring. It's glaring. And, and I agree with you. It's not just one guy. I think they're going to have to go uh, in both uh, the draft and free agency to, to get that position stopped. Or, or we could be looking at another. It won't matter how good their pass rush is if they can't cover on the back end. And you mentioned the pass rush. And look, I didn't think the Saints were going to re-sign Trey Hendrickson. I wasn't thinking he was going to get quite the deal that he got in Cincinnati. Uh, you know, I think it comes out to maxing out at $15 million a year. And I know some of those things can be inflated, but still, I thought he might be somewhere around $11, $12 million a year. And he really maxed out uh, his potential and, and buying power. And so kudos to him. Uh, but look, I think that opens up the 
the door for we mentioned Carl Granderson, but I think everyone's going to be looking at as they have for the last couple of years. When is Marcus Davenport going to be that guy that they get their return on their investment? And the Saints have about a month and a half to decide on the fifth year option for Marcus Davenport. Uh, we know they're they're kind of on the fence with it uh, at this point. And so that spot, I know you have bodies there, but I mean, if you're going to mention they're taking a hit at in the secondary on one side, pass rush can alleviate that and all eyes are going to be on Davenport. There's no question. Yeah, it's a, it's a make or break year for him. I mean, at some point, the team's patience is going to wear thin. And we know that uh, Granderson's a guy that, at least in a situational role, uh, I think they highly value. And uh, they brought back Noah Spence, which I thought was interesting. So they understand how important that pass rush is going to be in this division. And there's concern, there has to be some concern that Cameron Jordan has, has dropped off. His production dropped off last year. It happens to every player, uh, you know, at some point in their careers. So that is an area that, I'm kind of sneaky worried about, to be honest with you. Hendrickson was not an elite player, but he certainly had an elite year. And uh, sometimes these big men, you and I talk about all the time, these defensive linemen, they take a while to come around. And uh, it, it may have just clicked for Trey Hendrickson, and he cashed out at the perfect time. Uh, do the Saints have one of those guys on the roster that is going to have a breakout season with Granderson or one of these tackles, uh, Tuttle or you know Roach? be able to supply pass rush uh, from the interior maybe that that uh, will help them compensate for losing Hendrickson. It's going to be something to watch. I think this defense uh, clearly has a lot of question marks. And as well as they played the last couple of years, uh, they've got a lot of work to do to kind of get back to that level going forward. Well, Jeff, let's shift over offensively. Uh, we know they've got a hole per se at number two wide receiver with Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, being released, and now he's in Buffalo. Good for him. He, look, they get it. They're a contender, and they've, they've got uh, a viable number two uh, to go with Stefan Diggs, and then Cole Beasley had a good year. So I think that's a really good fit for Sanders. Uh, again, a player that got picked up right away. Like, that's the thing. We're seeing these guys from the Saints, a lot of them being picked up right away. And it's not like the Saints wanted to get rid of them because of their production uh, in some cases. Like, they just had to. And so that's the price they're having to pay. Uh, but look, the depth behind Adam Troutman uh, is definitely glaring. Uh, you got to add somebody there. Who is it going to be? I don't know. Uh, but then the one guy they did resign, uh, Jameis Winston. And so huge that they were able to get that deal done, a reasonable deal. And Sean Payton was on the Dan Patrick show a couple days ago and I think his con his comments were were definitely interesting. Uh, and Jeff, I know you you threw it out there on Twitter uh, because Sean Payton says, you know, we, you know, it, we've got the we've got the guys here, uh, but we might make a phone call or two still. Like he he put out the disclaimer, he did not close the door completely, and I'm sure he had to do that because he knows that this is it, isn't a given with either guy. And if something falls out the sky, they're going to go after it. So, you know, I, I found all of this, uh, his comments really interesting a couple of days ago. Yeah. And I, I didn't read as much into it as maybe a lot of people did. I felt like he 
Peyton says stuff like that. You know, he just does. And you're right, there's something to it. But he also couched it very, led into that comment by saying, I think these are our two guys. And I think that's pretty clear. They're not going to find anybody better, you know, available than Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill. I just don't think that's going to happen. I did find it interesting that somewhere it kind of was rumored or linked the Saints to Mitchell Trubisky. I don't know where that came from, but that was such a random uh, reference that there had to be some some smoke to it because you just don't connect those two for no reason. We know Ryan Pace and Sean Payton are still tight, so uh, somebody was talking behind closed doors and that name came up. I thought that was interesting. But this is the biggest reclamation project of Sean Payton's career. Jameis Winston is a guy with big-time ability. He was the number one pick in the draft. Uh, he flamed out uh, in Tampa. There's no doubt about it. And I think he knows he's at a crossroads in his career. He's got a one-year deal. It made perfect sense the way that deal was structured. The fact the Saints didn't want to tie themselves to him long-term. And it allows the team to kind of have like a one-year audition. And it allows Jameis Winston, uh, you know, a, a prove-it situation. If he has a really good year, and, and there's a lot of reasons to think he will with this offense, most of the players back that he can cash out uh, in 2022 in free agency. And I think if things go well here, I think he's definitely would come back here. They would have the first option to get him back here. So um, I like the way that deal is structured. It's, it's team friendly, but it also rewards Winston. If he does have a big year, he could still make money. So that deal I thought was perfectly uh, suited to both sides. And I think what's interesting, Larry, I alluded to this and I'd like to get your thoughts on it because I, I may be totally reaching here. Just speculating. I haven't talked to anybody that's told me this, but the fact that they let go both tight ends, Hill and Cook, and also let go Emmanuel Sanders. All three of those guys are really good players, I think, that you can make a case that having on the team. But all of them are in their 30s. All of them kind of seem with the skill sets and traits that perfectly uh, are suited to an offense run by Drew Brees. You know, precision, route running, uh, timing-based offense. And now what we see at receiver after Mike Thomas is you got Marquez Calloway, Deontay Harris, obviously Traquan Smith. You got a lot more speed there. And I'm wondering if they are overhauling the perimeter core as we speak. And it's going to be an ongoing process this offseason to where maybe in the draft they bring in another, use a third rounder to get another speedster. And they're going to take advantage of the skill set that Jameis Winston has, the big arm, the guy can get it deep and might might be overhauling the perimeter core before our eyes, and we don't really quite know it. And, yeah, I think that's a really great point because we're going to assume that the Saints' offense will be more downfield than it has been the last couple of years because of Jameis Winston's ability. And to be frank, even regardless of which quarterback would be playing, whether it be someone in the draft or even – someone outside of the building, I think that would change anyway, just because we knew Drew Brees, his strength was not going down the field as much anymore. I mean, that, that wasn't his strengths. And so they had to cater to that. And I think, Jeff, uh, something I know you've, you've noticed, uh, that the offense over the years has changed depending on the personnel. Like when Drew Brees had Marcus Colston and Lance Moore and Devery Henderson, Robert Meacham, it was wide receiver heavy. Then they get Jimmy Graham, it ships more to tight end. Then 
when they have Brandon Cooks and Willie Steed and Michael Thomas, it's more wide receiver driven. So, like, it's not like the, that Sean Payton hasn't altered who gets the ball. Uh, but I think this is one of these off seasons and going into the season where we will see a bit of an alteration because I think Michael Thomas, uh, the way you use him, you can use him a little more broadly. Uh, you're going to want to see Deontay Harris, uh, Traquan Smith. I bet you his route tree kind of opens up Callaway. So I think we're going to see some more risk taking. Uh, and I don't think it's just because of Jameis, but I think it's because of the weapons that they have uh, and the weapons that they don't have anymore. Yeah, no, I, I think, I think we could see them. Uh, I think tight ends definitely going to be addressed here in the next, either, either in the free agency or the draft. There's no doubt they're not going to go into the, into the season with just Adam Troutman and Garrett Griffin, you know, at that position, that's an area that they usually like to have two guys at. I know they're high on Troutman, but uh, receiver, I think it's a deep receiver draft. Again, listen to the draft analysts. You're going to be able to get a really good receiver in the third round. And I think the Saints wholeheartedly believe they can find somebody like a complimentary player. They've got their, their stud. They've got Mike Thomas. Traquan Smith's a proven guy. Harris and Callaway showed a lot of uh, good things as young players. So they're in a really good position, I think, at receiver to get one of these kind of um, – there's a bunch of these kind of Tyree Kill play-alikes in this draft. And I could see the Saints getting another one of those kind of guys to fit into their system and kind of, you know, supersonic the offense, you know, make it a little more uh, speed-oriented and take advantage of that fast track in the Superdome, which they really haven't been. They haven't been explosive at all, and a lot of that has to do with had, had to do with Breeze's arm. But they got to get the explosive play back into this offense, and and with a guy like Jameis Winston there, assuming he wins the job, I mean you can you can take advantage of that because he does have that quick strike, uh, big time arm. Just thinking about this right off the top of my head. If Jameis wins the job, how much do you think we see Taysom within the offense? I don't really know the answer to that question. I'm wondering just – I'm just throwing it out there. What do you think? No, I think he ends up being the same role then in that in that case. And they got to get another backup veteran backup, I assume. Uh, you know, the quarterback thing, we haven't talked about that, but I think you would agree, you know, I wouldn't rule out them drafting a quarterback even high if they find one they like because this is a good – quarterback draft I was just looking while we were talking at next year's draft say this thing doesn't pan out with Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill the one year sees the one season audition for both of them just doesn't it doesn't happen and they're back in the quarterback market next year there's really a, not nearly and I know guys emerge and, and somebody could come out of nowhere but there's not nearly the depth at the quarterback position next year the number one guy Larry is Sam Howell from North Carolina, who is a good player. And a lot of people think he might be the number one pick. But then you get into uh, Bo Nix of the world and players Spencer Rattler at Oklahoma. I mean, there's not the depth at quarterback. So if the Saints, if this doesn't pan out this year with these guys, uh, I'm not sure what the options are going to be. I know a lot can happen in a year, but there's no, put it this way, there's no Trevor Lawrence out there that's going to come in and be the savior. Miles Brennan, come in, save the day. Come on. What like say he loses the LSU job. The Saints should, should just draft him. Sign him. Let's go. He, hey, he could yeah. Tom Brady, have a Brennan, Tom have a Brady Brennan. didn't start, right? He didn't I mean he right, got beat yeah. out. 
Yeah, have a Brennan, New Orleans connection. Duh, it's simple. It's easy. Saints fans would love that. LSU fans would love it. Uh, not only would they get an LSU guy on the roster, a quarterback at LSU, maybe they can go ahead and draft like uh, uh, Arch Manning right now and just get it out of the way. They, I bet you they would if they could, but <laughs> I, don't, I don't think we're. Uh, I don't think they could do that quite yet. But uh, but look, it is. Uh, I think you're definitely right that they have to look at this quarterback class. But are they going to trade up and fall in love with one of the top guys? I doubt it. I mean, the the most logical guy in the draft would probably be Mac Jones, and there are definitely question marks around him. He's not exactly uh, the growing prototype of NFL quarterbacks who have mobility. And then you get into the Kyle Trask of the world, who pocket passer, doesn't have a ton of mobility, really has no mobility. I mean, I've likened him to Drew Bledsoe as being like a statue, but he's an accurate passer and he doesn't have big arm, but he's probably a day two guy. Do they look there? And so, you know, I, the saints are not just going to draft a guy to draft a guy at quarterback. Like they'd rather draft a guy to draft a guy somewhere else. But if they don't see any potential in them and it's just a body, they're not going to do it. So I'm wondering as they move along, how enamored they get with some of these quarterbacks and uh you know but like i said to me mac jones would make the most sense just because it would be a drew Brees type of player pocket guy you know timing this that and the other but i mean i'm not calling him drew Brees by any means so yeah i'm i'm curious to see what their where their thoughts go and i mean they might keep those, those close to the vest uh i just knew last year when quarterback was surrounding they did not love jordan love and so they did not i know that was a, a guy that was pegged to them a lot i knew they were not going to go that route mac jones would probably be the guy that might lurk around or be close enough to where if they wanted him they could trade up i don't have good intel on what they think on mac jones yet so I'm, i, I want to find out i'll tell you the guy that i'm i'm slightly intrigued by actually i'm a lot intrigued by is trey lance and I think he's a guy that, like, Sean Payton might look at and say, I can I can make him work. He's got this incredible skill set. He supposedly has a great attitude, he's a great leader, very smart, but is raw. And this is the kind of guy that I could see, like Lamar Jackson, falling in the first round and ends up down in the Saints neighborhood where, yeah, they're not going to go all the way up in the top 10 or top 15, but they might be able to go up into – say 19 or something and get a guy like that if they really like him. So that's the, the, the thinking I've got is that, you know, they would go up maybe to 22 or something if he, if he kept falling and Sean Payton really liked him. And there's a lot of things to like about him, but he's also got a lot of question marks and we don't know. And I, I guarantee you, if there is a guy like that in this draft, because of the importance of where the saints are in the trajectory of the franchise, they're going to hold it really close to the vest. In other words, I don't think we're going to hear word leaking out that the Saints love a certain quarterback because they know it's too important. They don't want to signal anyone. Look what happened last time when Patrick Mahomes, when they fell in love with him and word got out. I mean, the Chiefs went up and snagged him right ahead of him. I, I don't, and they had the luxury then because they had Drew Brees. They don't have that luxury now. So I think if he falls in love with somebody for once, I think Sean Payton will keep it to himself. I'm with you with Lance. Uh, you know, I think uh, 
to me, it is a uh, you don't know totally what you have yet because he hasn't played enough, really. And against what competition? And I mean, it's unfair to say, oh, well, you know, Carson Wentz, he didn't pan out. They went to the same school. I don't think it's a fair comparison. I think they're uh, that Lance is probably a more athletic guy and this, that, and the other, but, uh, and, but he doesn't have the resume of Wentz either. So, and then, like you said, teams, a lot of teams need quarterbacks and heck they got two in the division that are probably questioning their quarterbacks right now with Atlanta and Carolina. And the last thing you want to do is tip anyone off. And then they say, Oh no, we're going to go trade up and go get this guy. But I don't know if they're, willing or wanting to do that and uh you know i'm 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 really curious i mean we're not going to find out until they actually make picks but i'm I'd, I'd like to hear what they thought about these quarterbacks in there and part of it like you said because what's left next year and what if it doesn't pan out this year and then you're back at square one and uh maybe they go all in next offseason and trade for russell wilson because it might be more feasible next offseason if it doesn't work this year. So this is definitely, even though they've got their guys in the building, this is fluid. I mean, this is going to be fluid all year to see how well this works out. Which college quarterbacks emerge? Is Russell Wilson available? And I'm going to nix. I'm throwing the X up at you at Mitchell Trubisky. That, that rumor needs to go away quickly now. We cannot have that happen, period. No, thank you. It sounds like one of those crazy Sean Payton had too many uh, Patron shots one night and thought, I can fix Mitchell Trubisky. You know, like it, it's just one of those crazy things. Just like, but I have to say, I never thought he would fall in love with Jameis Winston. And sure enough, he has. So, so there's so many times where I'm, I'm wrong about his instincts but I do think I could see him falling in love with a guy like Trey Lance. I think one thing people don't understand about North Dakota State, yes, it's a small school, but they run an NFL offense. There's a reason they're dominant. I mean, I think they didn't lose a game for three years, and I don't care what level you're at, that's hard to do. And their offensive system, I mean, they're putting guys in the NFL right and left. I think you're going to have like three guys this year in the first two, two rounds of the draft. So um, let's not discount North Dakota State and – and Trey Lance, from everything I've read, all the scouting analysis of him, very smart. They put a lot on the plate for him. He changed a lot of plays at the line of scrimmage, got them in and out. I mean, a lot of things that I know Sean Payton values in a quarterback, but he's raw as a passer. And maybe they say, look, we could bring a guy like that in. We've got Jameis and Taysom, and he could be our developmental guy. Maybe we keep those guys around for two years and let this guy develop at his own pace. I could see that being very attractive to him. Definitely won't be the last time we discuss the quarterbacks on this podcast. Probably the next one, next podcast. I'm sure we'll probably bring it up and again and again and again. So uh, definitely easily the most intriguing offseason in a long, 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 long time in Saints land. And what we were trying to figure out, when was the last time there was like a legitimate quarterback battle with the Saints and you, me, and Catherine Terrell were trying to go over this, and I pointed half-heartedly to Aaron Brooks and Jake DeLome. But I think you just go back to Ditka with the Billy Joes and Werfel and all that, and because uh, you know, it, so it has been a long, 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 long time since there's, since there's been a legitimate quarterback battle in New Orleans. You know how long that is, Larry? That's before I covered the team, for goodness sakes. I mean, 
that's how long. 1940s then. Must have been. <laughs> yes, unfortunately. But no, I mean, you're right, because when they signed Jeff Blake in 2000, I mean, he was the starter. They gave him starter money. Then he got hurt. Aaron Brooks came in, lit the world on fire, and they went into 2001. It was basically going to be Brooks. I mean, he, he was so spectacular in that short period, and they gave him more money. So you're right. There was really never a real competition, even though I think they couched it as Jake DeLome and, and Aaron Brooks. I think you're right. You probably have to go back to the Dicka era uh, because once Breeze signed, of course, Breeze was the guy. Uh, so I don't, I don't think uh, Saints fans uh, are going to know what to do themselves when we have a quarterback competition because it sounds like they really do want to have a competition. They want to make these guys earn it. I think Jameis Winston's going to end up earning it, but I think he's legitimately going to split the, the reps with the first team and all that and let it play itself out. Just to age me, I was in high school the last time the Saints had a Thanks. quarterback controversy. You're welcome. You, I know you were you were like 48 years old when when that happened. So just, I was, <laughs> I was a I was a pup at Rummel. Rummel, you went to Rummel? I didn't know that. No, man, no I, I've never mentioned that ever. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you got you got another Rummel story coming up for the Athletic. Many, oh, he's out there. You're teasing it out there. I might I might happen to have a story on a Rummel draft pick coming up. Maybe. I don't, Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I've Probably already written about him once. I think I'll do it again. Why not? How many how many Jeez. Jesuit stories have you done in your tenure? Well, how many have they ever gotten drafted? Deion Jones, I guess. Well, Deion Jones was Jesuit, wasn't he? He was. Uh, I was. Uh, I've done. I did a story with his parents when they went to the Super Bowl uh, when we were at the Times Picayune. So what? Algiers guy. It's like around the corner. One. <laughs> so least, one. It's one more than I've done. So I can't say anything. <laughs> oh Lord, we can go on and on, but I'm sure we will bore our. Uh, our listeners. So that'll wrap up this edition of the Duncan Holder podcast. Of course, theathletic.com slash Duncan Holder. And also, you can go subscribe on The Athletic right now, a dollar a month for the next six months. Uh, that's a deal deal you can't beat. Exactly. Crazy, crazy good. So go check it out. Of course, we have all of the coverage of Saints, LSU, Pelicans. We have, you name it, we, we cover it here at The Athletic. And you just do the pod, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your pods, the Duncan Holder podcast is out there. So for Jeff Duncan, I am Larry Holder. Thanks once again for joining us on the Duncan Holder podcast on the Athletics Podcast Network.